Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Hello, welcome to the RTEGA podcast. I'm Mikey Stafford, and to review, we're here to review the first weekend of Allianz Football League action, sodden Allianz Football League action. I think Mick Foley, who's joined, who's joined me with Kevin McStay and Rory O'Neill, would say it's the way Allianz football should be. Mick, yeah, you like the wind, you like the rain. This is this is what it, this is what it's all about. Well, it's it's funny, isn't it? Because like you know, there's always a bit of hype before the start of a league, and it's exciting, and it's you know, oh, the the, the games are back and everything. Else, but there's nothing. Nothing tests your enthusiasm for a league match like a league match. Yeah. I mean, yesterday was a desperate. Yeah, yes, 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 yesterday was an appalling day, really, weather-wise. I mean, at least at least in Crow Park on Saturday. Like, Saturday was a lovely day, and, and Crow Park Saturday night, was, it was good conditions for a football game. But God help anybody who had to play yesterday, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yesterday was was not a day to be standing on a gantry uh, trying to man a TV camera. Anyway, I think we can all accept Trojan work done in Markovic Park by those by those camera people <laughs> as they tried and failed, shall we say, to keep to keep the, the, the to keep the the rain the the wind driven rain off off their cameras. I tell you, I, 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 I tell you what, Mayor Dunning watching it reminded me of it reminded me of the old music video uh for come as you are by nirvana where they basically just poured water on the camera things <laughs> and it was just like blurry figures behind oh, it, was, it was I, I i thought i was having some kind of psychotic episode watching it to be honest but you know mayo will do that to you sometimes but he, <laughs> Healy, park, Healy park was actually worse lads I oh yeah conditions in Healy park were, how the, uh, how did Conor McManus kick that point in those conditions old, i know he has not long on the pitch but how could he stand never mind kick a 40 yard but point they cut to the two cameramen on the top of the gantry at one stage, <laughs> and uh, and then they showed the pictures that they were transmitting, and they were, uh, they were shaking. And, they were uh, heading for Kansas. Because I think oh. they were brave men to be up on top of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It was uh, so. Look, it was the league football that we've come to know and love, and we'll probably get a, a few games of football will break out now in about three weeks' time when the when the worst of the Irish winter passes by. But look, as you mentioned, Nick, we did get. We got a game, um, and we got our first seismic shock of the year, um, in Croke Park on uh, on Saturday night, and I, you were there, I know, and it was um, it was rub your eyes stuff at halftime for those of us who who um who came in then, um, but the dubs now they're showing a few, uh, obviously some very significant few, like two of their full back line, you could say, their scorer in chief, but. Jeez, there were there was enough of the spine of a team that collected six All Irelands recently enough, you know, to to that for that not to be like the first excuse to hand. I don't think. Yeah, um, seismic shock. I I checked the Richter scale on it. To be honest, like yeah. the thing. In fairness to Armagh coming down, because I mean, you know, there'll be a lot. There's a has and will be a lot of talk about Dublin. I mean, credit to Armagh first of all for the performance they put up. To me, some of the stuff that Armagh did wasn't that surprising. Like, we know that Rian O'Neill is top class. We know that Rory Grugan 
is a very good lieutenant to him and wait until Oshin O'Neill comes back. We know that Charlie Oak Burns is, a, I think he's a special player. And anyway. I think he, he looks like one of those sort of totemic footballers that Armagh produce once every couple of generations. One of those lads who can take eight steps while bouncing the ball. Always good to have one of them. Was that a new position for him? It, uh, well, it, yeah, it, it was. It back. was. Yeah, it was. But he was coming into, you know, he was still, he, he played a hell of a lot of game right out tight to the sideline. So he'd take the ball on the side and then cut in, finding space with that angled run, which is it was an interesting good way. They used the diagonal ball very, very well and so on and so forth. But to the point about Dublin, I mean, I kind of feel like a little bit I'm behind the curve on this because last season I ended up for whatever, whether it was COVID related or whatever, I ended up seeing a lot of games down south rather than going to say, to see Dublin in person until the latter stages of the championship. And so I wandered, I dandered into... Ireland semi-final last year sorry no, obviously aware that the question marks over Dublin but kind of thinking ah, they've got the, you know this is their time now and like you know and first 20 minutes they were superb against Mayo that day and, but then after that it was like oh good lord and you know meeting people in the press box before the game saying geez they can't be they can't be gone down that badly and fellas going oh they are they are <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the Leinster championship was a real eye-opener I, I was very skeptical about it. and even going in last Saturday night same as yourself or, or, or Mikey, I was kind of thinking, yeah, you know, there's enough there. Of course, the thing has to be said, you don't know the Dublin team now until you open the programme because they don't release it until just before the game. So um, opening the programme going, yeah, there's enough there that they should, they should be able at home. But yeah, I mean, the amount of things that were wrong, they're all, again, no more than what, what Armagh brought that was good was not surprising. What Dublin did poorly, they did poorly last year against Mayo as well. You know, shot selection, indiscipline, um, a lack of leadership outside of the obvious few that if you look at the program, you went, yeah, he's, yeah, him, him. There wasn't, there wasn't anything else coming in terms of leadership outside of the couple that you'd expect. The bench, again, when you looked at the program before the game, you went, okay, <laughs> I thought there's not too many there. But then you're saying they're young. Given their dues, let's see, let's see what they can do. But their bench proved, bar maybe one or two, to be quite light. They got unlucky with injuries as well. Like they missed, I think it was Kieran Kenny missed a free kick, uh, and they brought Dean Rock straight in. And I was thinking to myself, okay, Dean Rock is going in. Karma Costello is actually playing quite well so far, but it was actually Costello was coming out. So you know they were losing one marquee forward and putting on another. So it wasn't like they were ever getting getting. They didn't get the two lads together, which may have made some difference. But overall, look, Armagh were just fitter they looked fitter they looked um they looked more hungry to be honest in terms of just work and what was required at that level um and they were coming down as I said they were coming down with a lot of talk kind of just around them mm. that they might be able to do a job here whether they'd win or not was another day's work but that they would deliver a performance and they did and it was good enough to win yeah i th- i i take mick's point kev that it, maybe it's not a seismic shock i get that um and maybe armagh winning wouldn't have been the biggest shock in the world, but I think a lot of people were very taken aback by the Dublin performance and the things that they did wrong in discipline for a start. Like there was a ball going wide in the second half and the Dublin defender shoved the Armagh forward in the back and gave away a free. It was a soft free. It was a silly, but like you don't do that. You do that under Jim Gavin. You probably don't appear again to the next season's Oberon Cup. Um, And then the shot selection, as Mick mentioned, which is just something that like, like to the point where we'd be pulling our hair out saying, will one of you please shoot? No, not until, you know, Karen Kilkenny gets the ball in the D unmarked, then he'll shoot. They were taking Hollywood pot shots from everywhere the other night. And 
with a caliber of player who maybe they could have done that three years ago with the forwards they had, but not with the ones that were on display on Saturday night. Mm. Well, maybe to keep going on mixed point um, about was where Dublin, you know, he, he moseyed into the semi-final thing and ah, yeah, they'll have enough to, to, to do what they do and win the All-Ireland again. But like when you look at not once offs or even two offs, but when you look at the trend, it's fairly obvious that Dublin have, I won't say stagnated, but they're, you know, everyone's, there's four or five teams now getting getting quite close to them. The I, I used this word a lot last year on this podcast, aura. The idea that ah, they're going to win no matter what, you can do whatever you want, but Dublin are going to be winning this in the end. That is gone now. There's no question about that. And even when they bring back James McCarthy, you know, Johnny Cooper, Keno Callum, whoever, that, that aura, that Jim Gavin aura is, is gone. Um, like, for instance, uh, Sean McGoldrick had a very good uh, line or, or a stat in, 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 his re- in his report on Sunday. It's only the second competitive back-to-back match that Dublin have lost in Crow Park in 12 years. <laughs> so they, they lost the semi-final to Mayo, obviously, and now this league opener, the semi-final last year in the league opener, so back-to-back defeats. That's amazing. That's amazing um, consistency. But that whole, there's, there's no consistency at the moment. There's no consistency of selection because uh, they're looking for a few guys in the league. Um, and with that then comes perhaps this uh, indiscipline that some guys are going free, are freelancing a little bit. Um, like there would be a real sense, lads, that under Jim Gavin, the pot shotters won't be pot shot, won't be down in Tralee next week taking pot shots because they'll be sitting down warming themselves for a while because there's a game plan that we get to and you stay in, you, you stay with it. Um, so uh, next Saturday, I'm actually down in Tralee next Saturday. Thank you, Rory. And that's... Um, I mean, that just is a fabulous match now to be getting the second week of the league. Because it's going to tell us an awful lot about the two teams. It's going to be for real. It's going to be real stuff next Saturday night, for sure, 100%. But I'm going to finish on our mag, because I think maybe to a certain... And maybe, of course, you asked me questions about Dublin. Uh, one of the big things with our mag, if you look at who came on for them... Now, I played our mag a lot when, when, uh, when, when I was involved with, with Roscommon. And one of the kind of tests I have is the commentators, do I... Do I recognise the subs who are coming on? You know, or are they just yeah, yeah. McKenna Cup men, if we want to put it that way? Niall Grimley, Stephen Campbell, Ross McQuillan, Greg McCabe, Mark Shields. I knew, I know every one of them. And they have all been net contributors to Armagh over the last few few years. And, and they're, Stephen, the five, they're the five they, they brought on. And they didn't use Connor Torbett, who's a, who's a nice yeah, player. Yeah. So... Like, you know, everybody's missing players, lads. You know, we were talking about what Dublin are down, and they are, of course, they're down. But every team, uh, pretty much every team, not not every team, pretty much every team is are missing players at the beginning of the league, lads coming back and rehabbing and so on. So it it, it wasn't seismic. No 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 sense of that, Mikey. Um, I, I was discussing with, with uh, Sean Moore on Thursday, and I said, oh, they, ha- they have a massive chance. Because if you had a peep at them in the McKenna Cup, they were they were hungry and they were they were digging into the tackle early on in you know they were crispy in the tackle they were covering ground they were well structured and their conditioning was very very good so this was always going to be a major challenge for Dublin. Yeah, final one on this one, match to you, Roy, and a question about Armagh as well, um, and and more generally, a kind of a trend perhaps we're seeing in football is the the rise of the Reno Neal type forward. Um, now Reno Neal is obviously. Superb. I think he could play in any line, but 
the fact that, as Mick mentioned, the diagonal ball is now a thing for Armagh. They're trusting their inside forwards to win ball and to do with it what needs to be done. This idea that, you know, you can now be a ball-winning full forward again, which is perhaps something that had gone out of the game for a while, or maybe I'm being a bit dramatic, but Rio Neal is the archetype, and we can see how effective it is when you have a big target man, play him the right ball, and trust him to do the right thing with it. It can be, football can be a pretty simple game. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, showing my age a wee bit here, but the diagonal ball, I mean, they were using that back in Joe Kernan's time. Uh, I mean, Stephen McDonnell and uh, Ronan, uh, Ronan, Jesus, Ronan. Clark. Ronan Clark. Ronan Clark. Yeah. John McEntee I mean, was the man with the with the diagonal ball. That's you like, know, like, the, the, Armagh always played a fairly expansive game. They were well able to kick it. Uh, I think the, what I would probably see with them, a lot of it is just reverting back to a kind of a traditional Armagh style. But I suppose it helps when you've got the personnel. You know, mm. like ultimately it all comes down to like they've got it like Kevin mentioned there, they have they have an extremely strong panel of players now. They've got really good subs to come on. I'd say their A's versus B's are quality training sessions. They have um really good depth to their panel. And I think they'll establish themselves as a serious force in Division One and they're set for a good year. I think it's been a long time coming. Though it's not before time, I mean, Kerry McGinney is in what is, is this year seven eight, or year eight. eight? Yeah, you know, this is uh, this is not an overnight success, you know. Yeah. So, Ty- they have Tyrone, Tyrone next weekend, fellas, uh, and Tyrone next weekend at home, be. at home, which will be which will be yeah. a fabulous game, you know. Yeah. And, I, sorry, yeah. I, I wouldn't be like, I, I think they'll have a good season. I, I, I wouldn't be, you know, getting too, ex- too overly excited yeah. about them just yet. Um. The thing with Armagh, I feel, down the years has been when the game is played in their terms, you can say this for any team, I suppose, when the game is played in their terms, good stuff, you know, yeah, yeah, it's all going nicely and well. The thing with Armagh is when, when someone sticks an old branch in the spokes, um, how they react in-game, how do they react on the field to adversity has not always been, has not always been to their benefit. Um, so there's a, there's a job of work to do. Tyrone next week will be right crack. You know, they'll have Monaghan as well down the track. Uh, they have Kerry. There's a lot of, and, and, and this is at a period as well when other teams, as we say, will be getting better. So yeah. there's a work. I mean, I'd say that they are in the top four in Ulster, but I wouldn't say any more than that at this point. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, Kev, to, to move on then to the game that you, you mm. I'm jealous you know, that you're, you're down to Lee for a couple of reasons. A, you know, there, there are two teams now who would really appreciate a win over their biggest rivals. And secondly, there's just something about Dublin Kerry matches under the lights in Tralee. They're just, any any of them I can remember, they're yeah. always feisty as I hell. Did, I did the last one. I'd, um, the, yeah. was, it, was it a draw, the last one? You know the one where there was a row on the way out? Yeah, yeah. You always, you always get the impression the crowd have had about five pints coming in. And Jim, and Jim Gavin walked around. Yeah, Jim, what, what was that? <laughs> well, as, yeah, long, yeah. as long as they have all the bulbs and the floodlights, we'll be fine. Sometimes yeah. the uh, the top right and top left-hand corners from, from where you sit in the press box <laughs> can get a bit murky. And unfortunately, <laughs> even the new the new Kerry jerseys design still hasn't resolved the very basic idea of being able to see the numbers on the back yeah. anyway sorry yes. that's, that's an another, old journalistic whinge that's that one for another podcast yeah we, we, we won't bore our listeners with that one um so kev um kerry uh the other day Kildare. um you know some of our esteemed 
Kingdom pundits weren't overly impressed. Um, but as we mentioned at the top of the show, it wasn't particularly a day for football, shall we say. Uh, Kildare showed some spine and some fight, which I think will absolutely delight Kildare fans. But um, no more than Dublin. You know, Armagh fans should be getting too carried away. I don't think Kerry fans will be getting too worried either, will they? No, I wouldn't think so. This this one was opening day of the league, not a lot to see. Move on to next weekend, I, I would think. Even though it was a, it was a very uh, decent game of football, um, uh, Kerry were missing a lot, a lot of players. Um, were they though, Kev? Like, who, who was missing for Kerry? I saw Jack O'Connor make reference that they were missing seven or eight. I mean, yeah, it's it, it scratching like, my head it, to it ask seemed like a, It seemed like Ooh. a lot. Well, the Nagale lads Nagel, wouldn't, yeah. have, wouldn't have been available anyway, even though I see Stephen. Conbor, yeah. He, he, he got badly hurt in that match. Uh, he did. So he, he could be, he could be long term. The, the, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be to rhyme off the eight that Jack. Uh, I don't think they are missing that many, Kev. Um, like, I, I, I would imagine when you see Kerry heading for championship, that team that took the field yesterday, won't be, be looking at ten, yeah. 10 of them anyway. Well, I tell you, if it, if it is, uh, Rory, let me make this point. Um, the and I made it last year, and I, I think it's still, I think it's valid. Don't be interested what you say about it, but the they're a little bit underpowered, not a little bit. They're significantly underpowered at midfield. That this is an issue, a massive issue for Curry at the moment. And when Cork beat them a few years ago, do you remember that? <laughs> talking about rain in the middle of summer, yeah. the night we were down in Parky Cueve in the semi final. Mm. Was it semi final? It was, yeah. yeah. Was, yeah. yeah. Uh, and um, and the, the Australian lad got the goal the, the last second. He's so, gone playing uh, hurling now. Um, Mark Keane, Kevin. Yeah, Mark Keane. Thanks, lads. Yeah. This would be his holy name. The, uh, the, 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 the Cork or the Curry midfield. For some time, like David Moore apart, obviously, who who obviously is a very fun, but he's given massive service. He, he's he's at the tail end of his career. Uh, Sean O'Shea was thrown in yesterday with uh, one of the splans with um, Adrian, Adrian, yeah. Adrian Spillane. And uh, like like Sean O'Shea, come on, fellas, the idea now that, well, look, I, I might I might be eating my words before the season is out, but the, the idea that you have perhaps the best number 11 in the country mm-hmm. um uh, and you're starting moving moving him out towards midfield. You know, m- m- maybe he is missing the eight. He, he's saying he is, but they 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 were they were when Kerry are on the ball and running at you. Um, they're for they're other oh, fabulous team to look at. But they hung on in the in the end. They were four up, and uh, mm. Kildare got the last four. Um, and they, there was every sense that they they were the team that were dominating. A bit like Mayo down in Sligo. There was only one team in it with 10 minutes to go. And I, I think that was a function of, of their conditioning and their energy. Um, so I wouldn't be getting too worried about it. But um, look, I said it already. Next weekend will be for real. There's uh, there'll be no shadow boxing uh, next next weekend. It'll be full on. And Carrier, the, the, the work to do this week. Um, and I would say around the middle of the field is, is going to be the big issue. Yeah. Um, a word on Kildare then, Rory. They... Um... You know, we, we mentioned them on the, uh, on the podcast last week that, you know, the, the, the team, you know, not going to be overhauled. And there was a lot of optimism around the backroom team and what impact they can have. Um, they seem to have had an impact. Again, it's the first weekend of the league. But um, you could argue that even Jack O'Connor's Kildare the last two years, um, four points down, going into the closing stages against all Ireland contenders like Kerry, mightn't have fought back. That's it. That's exactly the point that, that I was going to make on them. And that was the most impressive thing for me was this, just the kind of togetherness and the spirit and the fight they showed, which is not 
atypical of Kildare teams, you would say. I mean, they conceded a poxy goal. It was a dreadful goal. Uh, the hand pass in that goal, by the way, Rory, just as a, as a, as a technical aside. Looked a little off. ropey, you know. Ropey. Maybe. Was, was yeah. way beyond ropey. He literally yeah. threw the ball to him. Yeah, so that possibly should have been disallowed. But I would have said like they, that Kildare teams in the past may not have had the stomach to dig out something like that. Now, obviously, there was a lot of baggage around Jack O'Connor coming to town, Paul Galvin being in one camp, Jacko moving to the other camp. There was a massive crowd. The match was delayed by 15 minutes. A huge crowd in, in there. They're in front of their own. They're back in Division 1. That, to my mind, is an easy game for them to get up for. Can Kildare sustain that level of hunger, that level of desire, that level of fight, that level of character that they showed yesterday for a seven-game programme and maintain their Division 1 the status? next week, Rory, do you know? They're heading for Donegal and Bally Buffet, which is a tough assignment now, you know? So look, every, every, every game in Division 1 is tough. Like, that's a cliche, I suppose. But I think, it, it, like, to my mind, what they did yesterday spoke volumes for the new management. The key thing from a Kildare perspective is, can they replicate that on a consistent basis in a league that they're going to be tested week in, week out? They might not necessarily have that same level of spite in them, given they might not have the same beef with you know whoever's coming down the tracks. And could they find themselves in a relegation battle after showing so much promise yesterday? And I think that would be a huge disappointment if that would be the case. I'd have thought, I'd have thought, Rory, that Glenn Ryan. In, in uh, steering that ship, that effort would be non-negotiable. Yeah, yeah. that group. And it's great um, that they've gone back to one of. I mean, I don't yeah. know when is the last time they had a Kildare man in charge of the team. Like uh, Mick might know there. Like it's, you're certainly going back a long Park, way. Yeah. Park Nolan. Was Park Nolan was from Kildare, wasn't he? That's quite. That's quite a while back. Yeah, um, but so, it, there may have been somebody in between. So I think. Look, I think it was. It was probably time. Like people could argue that maybe Glenn should have gotten it before now. And um, yeah, I think they like they have incredible athleticism. They've got a couple of scoring forwards. They're very big around the middle of the field in the way that Kerry are not. And um, they've got a good goalkeeper. He's uh, he's not bad. No, he's not. He's not. He's certainly not the sweeper keeper. He does tick. You won't see him kind of sallying down the field, a la Rory Began. But um, yeah, I think there's a, there's there's like he's married a under twenty victory. A couple of good players co- come in. Yeah, killed it. I, like I think we might have a Leinster Championship this year. Might. Oh yeah. God. I'm getting carried away though. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Yeah. The, the, the Kerry thing is interesting. Like Kevin makes the, the very, very correct point. Like about their centre field is is the thing, and it has been no. Oh, I mean, it's I, a huge issue. I and can't like, remember. Is there seventy minutes in David Moore and Nick? Well, I don't know. I don't, I I don't I don't know whether that's. I mean, there may have to be. Put it that way. Um, Like, I cannot remember. I mean, you're going back, I would say, to pre-Dara O'Shea, post-Jacko for the last time that Kerry were this week around midfield. And that's, you know, that's him for 30 years now. Like, they just, and they are trying to... Connor is one of their hopes, isn't he? I just came into my mind there. And Jeremy O'Connor, isn't it? I I, I mean, the Gael, funny enough, I mean, you have Jeremy O'Connor is the Gael. You had O'Cumbor and you have Jack Barry on the Gael. Um, all three big units who would be in and around there. But again, I mean, Adrian Spillane 
has, has like all those four guys that I've just mentioned have all had their shot in there mm. and it's mm. not really worked. Sean O'Shea played midfield last day. He played midfield during the McGrath Cup. He was in the he was midfield for the McGrath Cup final as well. Not quite sure what's going on there. I'd say it's just filling gaps while it while might be sometimes, you know, if he's getting a lot of attention at eleven. Yeah, uh, some just get him out coach, of there. A coach can take you out of there. It, it happened Gooch when he was in yeah. the corner getting Getting welded into fel- uh, yeah. Jack Barry's in the game as well, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He is. He is. Uh, but I mean, and they'll have them back fairly shortly. But, they were beaten but, over the weekend. I think, but, so. but like you, yeah, you, you, you know, you, you kind of say that you know Kerry fans won't be worried. They live in a perpetual state of anxiety. That's that's why <laughs> they're successful, yeah. though. Yeah. That's why they're successful. So they will be. I mean. I but even yeah. they walked through Cork in the McGrath Cup final, <laughs> and uh, I texted uh, a couple of friends of mine below there, and you know, it's kind of you know there was really nothing to see there really on the day, you know, and they were oh the the, the giving out that came back, you know, yeah. kind of typical yeah. typical stuff, beating down on on poor teams early in the year, sick of it, sick mm. of it. <laughs> like, but it's great to be sick of winning, but yeah, like but, the, yeah. the point is that like they have they. What's what was more and more in Dublin? What the issue was last year remains the issue this year for the time being. Jack, the way Jack O'Connor was talking yesterday, look, there's obviously a process of work to be done there. They're trying to figure out uh, a defensive system. I'd say they're trying to figure out the middle third most of all. Yeah, they really, really need to start that. There was out a lot. See, another. Mick, there was a lot of hoo ha around them uh, with all these minor victories, and I was talking to Eamon Fitzmaurice on Friday, and Eamon was making a really good point. He said, like. If you go back to the very first minor victory that they had, that's 2014. Mm. So the first batch of minors that they've gotten through, that's eight years ago now. And he said, like, Sean O'Shea is... Uh, is they were eight under 18s. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Sean O'Shea is in his fifth year on the panel. Uh, Clifford is in his... Four, like, like, in Kerry, there would be a sense... It's about time, lads, like, you know? like, mm. And we know that they don't have any patience down there. So I well, think the, the pressure on them is massive. It must be immense. Um, I mean, it's won all Ireland in 13 years. It's eight years since their last one. We're heading up now. I did I did crunch the numbers last year, and I can't remember. Is it like is it now the third longest stint in their history without an All Ireland, or it's mm. either the second or third anyway? So I mean, yeah. I mean, there's pressure anyway. I mean, default setting is pressure. Yeah. But now, and it's no. individual pressure on players now. Are you yeah. good enough? Well, there's huge, there's huge pressure on Jack as well. Remember. Mm-hmm. As well as the team, so mm-hmm. there's, lot, there's going to be a lot of but the flips boiling but, points. But the flip side of that then is that Jack would look at it and go, "Well, look, Dublin are where Dublin are, as we've discussed. Uh, uh, you know who's and who's coming next. Like so, Mayo, Tyrone, yes, obviously serious contenders. But if Kerry, it's the kind of year, it's the kind of year where Kerry, it's like a gap year. You know, it's where Kerry yeah. would slip in and win all Ireland tradition. So I'm sure Jack is looking at that and he'll back himself and he'll back mm-hmm. the knowledge he has of them young fellas. So. But as Rory says, they're not young fellas anymore. That's the yeah. yeah. Uh, on Tyrone, then Kevin, um, and as we said, it was it was as far as the weather goes, it may have been the filthiest of them. Um, Monaghan ground out a draw, which is probably the most used phrase of the Allianz Football League lexicon. Perhaps Monaghan ground out a draw, <laughs> some draw, amazing. Um, but we wanted to talk to you about this, Kevin, particularly because Tyrone are. All Ireland champions, so the least to work on per se, allowing for uh, notwithstanding the loss of some significant panel members over the winter. Um, the last team to get back to training, um, going into the Ulster Championship, which is not the same as going into the Munster Championship for Kerry or the Leinster Championship for Dublin. You know, all credit to those esteemed competitions. Um, it's a more compacted season now, so for all managers, 
there's a balance to be struck, isn't there, between, you know, not making a Hames of the league. Division one, you've less jeopardy. Division two, there's serious jeopardy. Division three, there's serious enticement to go hard at the league. But for division one teams, more so than ever, you could argue that the league is for surviving and for fine tuning rather than for winning. Yeah, that that that's that's a good that's a good summary. Um, the, the I think the big thing, Mikey, is every manager will have sat down and analysed the calendar and the draw, the provincial draw, obviously. Um, the big thing is get out of the league with two matters resolved: uh, your selection because you don't have any time after that to go fooling around with it. Uh, so your best, your, best, uh, your best formation, your best 20, uh, who are your subs, who are your starters, who are your finishers. Uh, but critically, and this perhaps, we've, we, we've, I think we've all mentioned it, just about every team, well, he's missing, they're missing him, him, him and him. You cannot rush back anybody in this league now. Uh, you have, when they come back, they have to be ready to play. Because if the breakdown again, like say a dodgy hamstring, uh, that sort of thing. You're gonna, they're gonna miss um, the year. Chat, they missed the whole season. year. Yeah. yeah. So that uh, and 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 it could be done. I, I have a, a nephew that uh, got into the into the final numbers, the Mayo the Mayo group, and uh, he broke his ankle about two or three weeks ago in training down 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 down, down in uh, the centre of excellence. And you know when I was just doing the maths on how long he's going to be out for, sure, the season is over essentially. Um, but uh, people coming back are going to have to be minded. Um, the other thing then is I mentioned is the draw. So I haven't, I just I thought I had it in my notes, but I don't. Um, I, are Tyrone in the prelim in Ulster? Yeah, Manor, yeah, okay. from Manor. And well, then Sorry, go on, Mike. Yeah, go on, no, no I, no, I was just going to say they have Fermanagh first, and then they have Derry in the quarter final on the first of May. Okay, well, now sure, there you have to hit the ground running because okay, they'll take out Fermanagh, but Derry, oh wow, that would be that would, and Derry and Tyrone, Jesus, they you know they eat their young, so the um the that that would be sad. so they they have to hit they have to finish the league, ready to play a championship if you like because the what was the gap? It's only about two weeks I think to that prelim perhaps, um. And remember, if they got caught up in a, there is a league final. If they got caught up in that as well, you know, that's, this is, I was saying to you before we went uh, recording the, the podcast, uh, when we were involved in Roscommon previously, we went straight from a league semi final into a championship game. I think it was 10 or 12 days later over in New York. And, and, and you know, it's a very difficult thing to manage, Mikey, um, because generally, traditionally, there was a gap of five or six weeks. You went on the challenge game circuit. Everybody was in fairly decent shape. You polished them all up a little bit and you got ready for the games you knew you had to be ready for. That luxury is not there now. And it, and, and and let me finish with this. It's new ground for everybody. Nobody's been through a season like this before. This is, this is new ground now for us all. Um, because the league, I think we're all agreed, the league is going to be fairly savage, isn't it? I mean, the, mm. the matches are hugely competitive in Division One, three draws yesterday, and Division Two because of the Talchin, um blowback is 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 going to be equally competitive. So, like you look at teams like me the, uh, and Cork, etc., that, that that got bad results yesterday, and there's no letting up there. They, they can hardly even think about the championship at this particular moment in time. They have to think of how to how to get the, get the ship. Uh, corrected yeah it does it, it make it, it just it kind of accentuates kind of the the gap that was there between the top two divisions in terms of what teams needed from it now there's there, there's obviously a, a real life you know 
championship implication to to not performing in division two but it was ever thus that division one teams even mayo they went down to division two last year it didn't do them any harm in as much as they reached an all-ireland final the top mm. teams can they have the luxury of treating the league as that bit of a tune-up whereas you know the contenders or the the teams who are who are looking to get up there you know the, the league is is a far more serious business yeah it's 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 it varies where you go on it. Um, like even, even, you know, within division one, there's probably a couple, the likes of Kildare now won't want to go down because they want to maintain the competition. But they would, like, as you say, I mean, it probably helped Mayo to just take the foot off the gas small a little bit um, in that regard. Um, the Talchin Cup makes a huge difference to this now. Um, but like, Mick, can I ask you on that? Yeah. Is there a danger that, we, we're, we're starting to generate a bit of a stink off this Talchin Cup in terms of how it's being referred to, you know, like that if you know, the last thing you want to do is get relegated out oh, to the Talchin Cup, you know, no, like, but, and it, it, is that the potential for that competition? I, I think what they really, really mean is you're not in the qualifiers. That's what they really mean. Yeah, but yeah. I'm just wondering, like, you know, just in, in a more general sense is, like, is this competition almost being set up for failure here now because everyone is going, oh, there's a right whiff off that. Well, the last thing we want to do is end up there. I appreciate, yeah, I take your point, but like... I'm only asking, no, I'm just wondering. Yeah, 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 no, I I think ultimately, like, teams don't want to get relegated, and we'll say, for example, from uh, Division 2 and the teams in Division 3, it has been ever thus in Division 3, has always been a bear pit. That is, that's that tipping point. Division 3 is so hard to get out of. Like, it's the one, it's the tipping point to get up to Division 2, and then suddenly it's a whole new world, or can potentially be a whole new world for you. Uh, See Claire, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So, like... I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, it's creating, I mean, the last time, it's funny, like the last time the GA did this where they linked league to championship was 06 and they couldn't get the thing installed fast enough. That was when the division four teams were automatically put into the Tommy Murphy cup. And I remember that special Congress and they could not get that ruling. They actually wanted the GA itself wanted to give it a year's grace and bring it in in 08. But the, the delegates on the day, including the GPA, mind you said, no, no, let's get this in for 07 went in, there was a link suddenly between, so if you went down from division three into four, you were out of the qualifiers. And if you were, so that, you know, and if you got up, you were in, it was gone inside of 18 months because teams reared up. I mean, I made the point actually in the piece yesterday, like that. this the is te- the teams that voted for it reared up. <laughs> the teams that voted, but Kevin, they did. The <laughs> know, teams, it was incredible. And I can remember when, being they went home. It. They went home and realized that they, what they had just done. <laughs> and then come 2008, they all they all stood up and it was a choreographed thing. And I remember shaking my head at it, going, "What is what's going to?" But like the the um, but the, like the turkeys this time, actually voted for Christmas. This this time they can't afford this. The GA, I mean, cannot afford this to fail because the league championship link is fundamental to every single com- conversation about champion structure. Not going there now, but it just. You know, mm. just as an aside. So you're talking about creating a stink around it. I, I see what you're saying, but I don't, I think once the, you know, once it settles out and we know who's where, then we'll, then we'll see what, we'll get a better sense of what the, what the competition yeah, is. Yeah. Will, the, will be. The, the, bigger, yeah. the bigger issue, Rory, and, and I even listened to the boys last night, there was a sense of, oh, geez, if we get, if we get mm. thrown into the Talchin, there was a little bit of a, <laughs> a whiff of it. Yeah. Um, but they were fighting hard to stop that. But the, the bigger issue, of course, uh, one we've mentioned on this podcast previously, is that they did not fix it for the All-Ireland final. And that, mm-hmm. is, that I believe, could well be the one that sinks it. If, if it does get a bad, a bad rap, mm-hmm. that, will, that will be one of the key issues. I, the, the, like, I, I, don't accept, I don't accept what Fergal McGill um, said about, you know, they'd be lost in the hype and build-up of an All-Ireland final week, the Talchin teams. Don't accept that. 
and um, played on the, Saturday night. Played on I agree. Saturday and I, I think it's played, on the All Ireland weekend. Yeah, played on the Saturday night the night before. But Rory, go further. Go further. Weekend, hang on. You know? Hang on. Go further. Played on Sunday. Played as the curtain raiser. Tickets. The, the only thing I'd say, you know, you know yourself. Let's say Dublin and Mayo are playing in an All Ireland final, and you have to give twenty five thousand tickets to Antrim. Well, you don't. You don't have to get twenty five thousand. You don't have to get twenty five thousand, but. I mean, come on! It's a, it's it's a GAA festival. It's not the prerogative of the two teams in the final. It's supposed to be for all the gales. And yeah. uh, look, if you want something, if you want, you got to be bold. Yeah. If you want something to float, you have to be innovative. Like relegating it to three weeks before the final. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to segue from this from this Chelsea Cup final chat <laughs> onto Meath. There, oh, um, that that that's seamless. Um, we we were we were chatting about it beforehand. Um, Rory, yeah, of all it. the sarcastic applauses I have oh. heard in my time watching sport, I don't think I've heard one like that in the 45th minute in Pierce Stadium yesterday. It, it was de- it was without a doubt the greatest ironic cheer I have ever heard because there was probably very few Mead supporters down there. And that's what probably made it even more insulting. The ironic cheer was mostly Galway supporters. I kind of felt... I, I, I felt a little bit sorry for him in the end. I just nothing seemed to go right. It was just one of those days. They were appalling, though. They were absolutely dreadful. And I know they were playing into a hurricane in the first half. Quite difficult, maybe, to work the ball into scoring positions. But even with the wind, I mean, it was the 46th minute. It was like 11 minutes into the second half before they registered their very first score. I don't know. They're just... I'd be worried about Meath. I think Meath could get dragged into a relegation dogfight in Division 2. They were favourites last week, weren't they, for promotion? Or co-favourites? Yeah. They're, they're, poor they're, Joyce was, was, was blaming the weather, Mick, shall we say, or thanking the weather and saying it, it's like, it was like an NFL overtime. He said winning the coin toss was like the most important thing that happened <laughs> yesterday. Well, it was a little bit, all right, whichever way the wind blew the coin was going to decide a lot. But... I mean, you know what you're going to get when you go down to Salt Hill if the weather is anyway inclement. It doesn't even have to be that bad and the wind is kind of funny down there. So, you know, look, it's it's about... Ah, look, it's tough. It's, look, it's about application. It's about hard work, all that stuff, you know, that you kind of have to limit the impact of the conditions. Like me, like, I mean, the goal... Like it was a high ball into the square and the lad dropped it and it went into the net and you kind of go, oh no, you know. But, I mean, on top of that, then obviously they have a poor performance. Me, have been prone to that a little bit. Um, kind of good, 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 bottom falls out, and then they come back again. I, I felt terrific sympathy for them. I, I'm not so sure that they will get dragged into a relegation dogfight. I mean, I'll put it this way. If last Sunday doesn't focus the mind, like there's one or two things going on. Either it's gone, either it's gone, or last Sunday will focus the mind and they'll, 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 they'll kind of pull it around um, and they'll, they'll be fine. I mean, again, in, in Division 2, for a number of teams you know consolidation is the thing for me that's really about getting up to division one but now maybe it's about consolidation just for you know but look what does consolidation mean consolidation means winning next week so you know yeah ross common and yeah, they're playing ross common kevin and ross yeah. common did well to beat cork the two boys will shake their heads but they were without a significant number of players both teams were but um, so any kind of a win for either team would have been good, but it was a convincing Roscommon win, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a, a smashing win for Roscommon. And uh, uh, lads, <laughs> two Corkonians here with me, um, uh, red lights flashing because um, Cork were very, oh, gee, they were, they were very average. And, you know, just underlines, like 
every couple of weeks I get in my head, surely they're going to improve very soon now. And then they come and talk against Roscommon. I think they played for about 20 minutes, fellas, and then Roscommon just battered them away, really. And, and still uh, and still depending on Brian Hurley. And Brian Hurley, yeah, from so Freed's like, play. The, the, uh, and, you know, no no sense of urgency um, about about their play. Um, and and yet, I think Mead will be thrilled that it's Roscommon that's coming to Navin even with their two points next week, because Mead know that's a team that they can compete with. Um, there were some good battles over the last few years. Um, and if there's an ounce in Mead, if there's anything in Mead at all, uh, there would have to be a reaction, because there's no reaction next next weekend. Andy uh, Andy would have will have to have a, a big sit down and have a real think about it, because he's under... You know, he, he he had a lousy he had a lousy time with his board um, mm. in recent months. Shocking, really, the, the, yeah. the board behavior in, yeah. in truth. Um, but uh, having said that, just to see how the, it cranks it up the pressure again. And now, if he wasn't to get a decent performance and probably a result of some description next Sunday, then the pressure mounts again. So it, it's a good fixture for them. Uh, and if I was if I was Roscommon this week, if I had them in training on Tuesday, I'd say lads. We need to be afraid now, very afraid of what's, what's you know, you, we need to be ready for this yeah, because yeah. They're, they are, you know, we know they're, I know it's a bit cliched about they're a proud county and all that jazz, yeah. but if there's anything in them, if there's yeah. anything in them, we'll see it, we'll see it next weekend. I, I'm, I'm going to head these two boys off at Bale Nablaw now and say there's no Cork chat this week. We'll, we'll no. save it a week or two. No We're problem. going to finish now in a minute, but uh, I know Rory... Uh, you watched Derry and Down, uh, one time Derry six points down on Saturday night. I, you were you were very impressed. I think we'd all we'd all kind of tipped Derry as promotion hopefuls, and they didn't do anything to dissuade you from that on Saturday. No, no, absolutely nothing. If anything, only further underlined their promotion credentials. I think they will certainly be in the top two. Um, they have they're in unbelievable shape, and like. To add a caveat there, and I know, look, I wouldn't necessarily, we're not going back over the Cork Coals, of course, but we do have to be mindful here. Derry were in Division 4 less than 18 months ago. Now they're being considered potential Ulster champions and somebody that could have a really big run at maybe last eight, last four. So I think things can change quite quickly in Gaelic football, depending, and if you have the right management in place, I think he has them extremely well-organised they are, as I said, in top-class physical shape. They've got a really good depth to their panel. Um, he's added a couple of really good strings to their bow up front. This guy, I know he was only he hit and miss on Saturday night, but this guy, Lachlan Murray, I think is his name, played in the corner. He's only a teenager, isn't he? Teenager, 19, unbelievable potential. Obviously, you've got a really good midfield in Connor Glass and um, Kieran McFall. You know, he's got um, Shane McGuigan there, who's unbelievable. Like, you've got a nine out of 10 free taker. He's, he's, you know, Rory Gallagher team is going to be really well set up defensively. And they're not a very defensive team, mind you. Like, they will push right up on the kickouts. They'll retreat quite quickly. They've got a good shape about them. The one, the one little um, fly in the ointment I would suggest is the, the Gareth McKinless injury looked a serious enough one. I, I, he stayed on for a couple of minutes afterwards, but he, he went off quite quickly. The way he landed just looked a little, I'd be worried. And to go back to Kevin's point earlier about injuries, like if you get a two to three month injury at this point now, that 
pretty much is your season gone because by the time you get back and by the time you're in the shape to actually start doing some physical work, you know, you're, 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 you could be midway through the championship. And, you know, so I think that would be a bit of a fly in the ointment. Similarly for Carmel Costello, we'll find out, I suppose, you know, how serious his injury is and Dublin can't afford to lose him. But Derry, I think are in, are in really, really good shape. And um, I mean, they're heading to O'Connor Park next weekend. They'll win that. They'll, yeah. they'll have four points on the board out of four and they will be set fair for, I would say, a strong push to potentially win this league and absolutely finish in the top two. The schedule really suits them, actually, because, yeah. as you say, they have awfully away, then they have Cork at home. Yeah. So you'd be expecting they'll win their first three matches. And then they don't, I don't think they have, like, they have Clare, they have Clare below in Ennis then. So they're basically, what I'm saying is they have, they're leaving Roscommon, Meath and Galway to the last three matches. Now yeah, they'll obviously they'll have, be, they'll, they'll, they'll have a bank of they'll have a bank of stuff got by then. They'll obviously have to and again though, as we keep saying, those teams will be better by then. Derry will be better. They'll be very interesting games, actually. The, the yeah. games involving Derry and those three teams at the end of the league will be interesting to see where everybody's at. It's true. Uh, look, it, it, look, we, I know none of us are, are are gazing at the tea leaves and drawing too many conclusions from the first week, but there's definitely there's a lot there to whet the appetite and um should we? We'll play the rest of the games in the dome, and we'll be laughing. Um, thank you, for, thank you very much to Kev. Thank you to Mick, and uh, thank you to Rory. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday with a football slash hurling show preview of the start of the uh, Allianz hurling league and look ahead to week two of the football league as we have our first double league weekend slash Six Nations slash everything else you're having. Um, sleep now because you won't sleep at the weekend. Uh, thank you, Kev. Thank you, Mick. Thank you, Rory, and we'll chat to you on Thursday. Cheers, guys. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in hurling, I love players that will never give in. He hits it, he hits it, it's over the ball!